0: Goes by the student Snurdly. It's time for the soul of excellence.
1: He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush
0: Hour is on the air. Rush,
2: rush.
0: rush. Now here's Bo Nerdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
2: Welcome to your Wednesday Rush Hour. If you'd like to be part of the program today. All you have to do, pick up your telephone, dial 800-848-WABC, 800 Princess Dies is here. We'll be speaking with her shortly. Promised that we would uh, have Princess Die here the day after the election. Pleased to say that Her Majesty is joining us. Um, a win is a win. If there's a theme for today, a win is a win. May be an ugly win, may be a win that we, <laughs> looks like it's in doubt in some cases, but but a win is a win. And they may not be with overwhelming numbers, but a win is a win. Here's where we stand right now, my friends. There are three Senate seats left in play. The GOP holds 49 seats right now, one seat away from a tie, two seats away from having control of the United States Senate. That includes uh, that that forty nine includes Alaska because no matter how you cut it, Alaska is going to go Republican right now. Uh, Lisa Murkowski is trailing the incumbent, and this is certainly good news to me. Is trailing the Republican upstart Kelly Tishibaka. That's close race. Forty two point uh, six percent last count for Murkowski. there's a uh, 3,000-some-odd vote spread between the two candidates. In Nevada, Republican Adam Locksall holds the lead over incumbent Democrat Catherine Cortez Mesto. That's 49.8% to her, 47.1%. There are about 25,000 votes that separate those two. In Georgia, you all know there's going to be a runoff. Herschel Walker trails Raphael Warnock. 48.8, 49.4, it's close. In Arizona, it looks to be, some would say, an insurmountable lead, but it's not been called because of, I guess, where the votes still remain. Blake Masters is behind the Democrat incumbent Mark Kelly, 46.4 to his 51.4%. The governor's race in Arizona, is still not called. The non-debating Secretary of State in charge of flawed elections is winning so far 50.3% to Carrie Lakes 49.6%. 66% of the vote is in. I wonder if it's 66.6%. It is a disgrace that Maricopa County still has over 400,000 uncounted votes right now. In the House, Republicans so far up 204 seats to the Democrats, 176. There are some upsets headed the way, at least for the way the Democrats think, including some in New York where Republican candidates are ahead. So it seems to me, no matter how you cut it, The Republicans do have a good chance of prevailing in the House. We will talk about all this and more with Princess Di, but I just want to mention one word here, well, a few words. We are in a battle in this country. Some would say a war. Some would say that that war goes beyond the physical. It's a battle for the soul of the American dream, for what America is. And I would contend that it's not going to be decided by one election i would say it's not going to be decided by any election that war is about america will it remain a bastion of freedom will it be a bastion of liberty to those who seek liberty who to those who come here legally we hope seeking freedom Will America be a nation that defines itself by sexual sexual hedonism, where it's normal to sexualize young children in schools, while at the same time we're not providing many of them with the means to self-educate themselves with critical thinking skills or to be educated with the basics that they need to succeed in a global economy, like reading, like writing, like being able to function? Will America become or remain a nation where pseudoscience and partisan politics govern our health care system, where truth is canceled in favor of profits for certain big pharmaceutical companies? Boy, that sounds a little leftist, but it's not. Will America be a nation that ignores the most heinous crimes that are committed on our citizen, refuses to punish those who commit them in order to fulfill some misguided notion that racial composition of criminals is a more important issue than the right of our very own citizens to be safe. Will America stand for banana public republic style elections? Where the day after we still have 400,000 uncounted votes in Maricopa County, where there's ballot harvesting and other things that are prone, prone, I am not accusing, but prone to cheating? Will America continue to stand as a bastion for the culture of death, where it's normal to have genocide practiced? in the wombs of American women? Will America be a land where the basic tenets of biology are ignored in order to meet a political agenda? Will America continue to look backwards and claim that we're all victims because we once were a nation that had slaves? Or will we look forward and realize the exceptional nation that we are and wear it as pride, wear our birthright as American citizens in a prideful manner? Will America trust in God? With that, Princess Di, good afternoon. How are you?
1: I am very happy to talk to you, Sir James. I think you have framed the entire election so well, and especially your landing on In God We Trust, which I always want to remember to say, because that is where our trust is. We have weapons the left can't match and our faith is one of them. You have been quoting uh, William McGurn and talking about the enemy of any communist society and the list he gives is the beautiful and the good to which I would like to add the truth as well as the things that Rush talked, taught us which is humor <laughs> and courage. So this, you know, I think that we were played a little bit. I I texted you. And I asked you if you remember any previous election where the media predicted a Republican wave for two weeks before the election. And I don't think that has ever happened in living memory. And so that was a red flag to me. But because we knew the Democrats deserve to be beaten soundly, I think we thought, well, that makes sense. But we should take a lesson from that. And when our enemies are telling us anything, don't trust it. And so what has happened is that what you described, which is a likely victory in the House, feels like a loss. And that was the way they played us, which is very clever. And we need to focus on, as you did, that if we take the House from the Democrats, the Biden administration agenda is thwarted. And it looks like that happened, but their goal is to dispirit us, to feel like, oh, what's the point? What can we do? And it's not the truth. So we have to stay on the truth. And the fact is we are a divided country. This was a status quo, basically, election election. Where no, but not a loss it's like arm wrestling uh, often the the two contestants in an arm wrestle will be at at the top point and shake and shake and vibrate until one of them then pulls down the other and We are at the point where we're arm wrestling, the democrat party, and the fact that we have them wrestled through parity basically, equality basically, with all the tools that they have arrayed against us, with the media, with all institutions, with the deep state and the fact that it looks like we are gonna take back the House tells me that our strength is in things they cannot wipe out. And I just wanted to say that first of all, second of all, I wanted to say thank you, Lee Zeldin because he ran a strong campaign and thanks to him we actually have republicans winning house seats enough probably to give us the cushion in the in the house of representatives it looks like that republicans may flip four or five seats in new york in new york and exactly and i think that think that is thanks to lee zeldin's great campaign he may have helped flip A seat in New Jersey and a seat in Connecticut, the tri-state area, which gets the advertisements, and his focus on crime in the economy was effective, and he basically only lost by six points, which in New York is unbelievable. So, I wanted to credit him and to thank him because he may well have brought the House over to the GOP side all by himself, I mean, as part of the team, but his effectiveness cannot be undervalued. And the the other thing I wanted to say is, yes, they cheat. They lie. But we have to win anyway. We go to war with the soldiers we have, under the conditions we have, with the enemy as it is. And focusing on fraud makes people give up. People say, what's the point? America is finished. We've got to be able to win anyway. And you know who shows us the way? Ron Ron
2: DeSantis. DeSantis.
1: Thank you. He won by a a squeaker in 2018. Out of 8 million votes cast, he only won by 32,000. And he came in and effectively cleaned that whole electoral system up in Florida. So what did we get? We got a red wave in Florida. We've got clean election rolls. And he blew them out, 59.4% to 40% for Chris, and he won by over a million and a half votes. And that is what we have to do, state by state. We have to win by squeakers or decisively, and then we clean up those electoral systems. And I think that's what's going to, I hope, I think that's what's going to happen in Arizona. I think given the analysis I've read that Carrie Lake Lake is the likely governor of Arizona, in which case she can do the same, and Maricopa County will never be the same. And the last thing I wanted to say is to remember Russia's advice, no gloom and doom. Stay steady. steady, Keep your optimism. It is never time to panic. We need to take the long view. And as you said, it's going to take way more than just one election. He used to say that all the time. And, you know, we need to do it by ground up organizing something you have hammered on. And one little data point is Moms for Liberty, who's been fighting for parental um, rights, said that we've won over 50% of the over 2,000 school board seats so far. So school boards are the the baby beginning of how we make the change, and we are doing it thanks to the activism of parents. So I just wanted to mention those things.
2: Thank you. When we get back from our break, Princess Di, I want to talk about Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis. What is going on on Twitter today is this, 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 this throw Trump under the bus thing. I am not going to play that game. I'm not going to be a part of it. I love Ron DeSantis, love Donald Trump. There's no reason to throw Donald Trump under the bus. There's no reason to throw, to try to pit the two against each other. If they want to do it, that's fine, but I'm not playing that game. I'll be back with you. Princess Di will be back with us. Your calls, welcome, 800. 848-WABC-800-848-WABC. Coming back right after this. This is The
0: Rush Hour with Bo Nerdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
2: Sly and the Family Stone bring us back. The results of the election are still coming in. A win is a win. Take the win. And you can take the win without throwing your guys under the bus, too. Princess Di is with us here. All right, Princess Di all day long on Twitter. <laughs> the 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 all day long, the Trump, the anti-Trump forces have been out. You see them in, in the mainstream press. It's over. It's over for Trump. This is it. it they've been it's over for Trump since he began running. <laughs> it's been over for him. It's not over for Donald Trump. And Donald Trump, let me just uh, uh, people are uh, questioning what happened. What happened? What happened? Here's one of the things that happened. Roe v. Wade is gone. Dodd has been overturned. The left is furious, and they have been furious about this. And in many of these states, the liberal states, they, have, they are trying to codify abortion so-called rights. They're trying to codify this continued genocide in the womb and make it part of their platform as a response to something that many of us thought we would never live to see, which is a conservative Supreme Court getting rid of a law that should have never been passed by the Supreme Court, since the Supreme Court is not supposed to legislate, with this arbitrary decision that came in the way of Roe v.ersus Wade down in the first place. Many of us thought we'd never see it gone. It's gone. And part of what we saw yesterday, I don't know to what extent, but part of it is in reaction to that. And to the left uh, having a, a, a panic attack because they think, oh, my gosh, Now I'll actually have to be responsible for my own actions sexually. So I want to just say thank you, Donald Trump, because he did what he said he was going to do. He appointed conservative members to the Supreme Court. And in no short order, they didn't waste any time. They didn't play the game of, oh, well, let's just do incrementally and just do it slow. No, they came in and said, this has been wrong for 50 years. It's gone. As of today, and they did it, your take.
1: Well, I agree with you 100 percent, of course. And I think that people need to stop with the hot takes and the recriminations. Let us let things settle. I know that there are forces who already were going to blame Trump no matter what happened, because that's what they've been doing since day one. But if you're going to blame Trump, you also have to blame the Republican leadership. Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy and Ronna Romney McDaniel. The Democrats spent $451 million on the top 10 Senate races. The Republicans spent half of that. And if you want to blame Trump, he did the fundraising. He did the rallies. He did, you know, his support was valuable, and that's why they sought it. And so this idea that, you know, Trump needs to then fall on his sword, I think is deflecting from how everyone in leadership needs to be held to account. So I agree with you 100%.
2: You mentioned the fundraising. I'm going to go a step further. The Republican Party fundraising act uh, 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 machine is corrupt. Yes. I've seen it close hand. You have consultants that become multi, multi millionaires every single race, whether the candidates lose or not. And what incentive is there to win when you're going to become wealthy if they lose? What exactly. incentive is there if you're doing 80 20 splits on the money that you get from donors? So there's a lot to be said, a lot to be done with some of this uh, fundraising business. And it's amazing to me that the Democrats can continue to outraise and outspend Republicans every single time. And we don't understand that we have a problem with fundraising that needs to be solved, period. And we need to start investing money where you're going to get the returns. You look at the growth of the Hispanic vote, and it is growing. And it is growing. And we are seeing payoffs from it in these races. And that is happening without a whole lot of funds being directed by the Republican Party to what a serious, a serious campaign to flip enough Hispanic votes, to flip enough of the black vote that Democrats would never win again. Those are the kind of things that we as a party have to address. I don't have the power to do that. You don't have the power to do that. But one thing I'm not going to do is engage in this anti-Trump rhetoric because, as I said, look, if we, who could imagine that Roe v. Wade would be overturned in our lifetime? It has been overturned. And right now, if that's what it takes, if this is what it takes, less seats than we thought we would get to have that, I have no, absolutely zero regrets. What say you?
1: Well, I agree. If that was the equation, I think my theory is that it was always going to be about abortion. They basically fooled our side into thinking that wasn't on the radar, and it really was. But the other thing to mention is the Republican establishment pull funds from winnable races. They didn't only not fund them. They took money away. And that we need to put pressure on the leadership to never do again. The transparency has to be there. The voters have to see where the money is going and then have a say in it. Because as you remember from the Tea Party years, it was the Republican establishment who fought the Tea Party candidates and actually helped defeat them. And so here we are again with conservatives being sent, and you've got the same people who are still in charge of the Republican establishment doing the same things. And we need to let them know we see you. You cannot do it again. We are sending conservatives. We are bolder than we were before. The Tea Party people dressed up in patriotic costumes that were very sweet and very nice. And then we have the Trumpists who are are fighters, and so we're going to increasingly be bold and courageous as we demand to have our voices represented by these people who hold the purse
2: strings. Princess Di, thank you so much. We appreciate you, as always. We'll look forward to your your appearance with us on Friday. Thank you so much, Princess Di.
1: Thank you, sir, James.
2: James Golden, AK Stern, we coming back. Brent Bozell joins us right after this. And then your calls. So stay right where you are. Going to take as many calls as we can. Don't go away. This is The Rush Hour
0: with Bo Nerdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
2: James Golden, Bo Nerdly with you here on WABC Talk Radio 77 in New York. Simon and Garfunkel bring us back. You know, this song Bridge Over Troubled when Waters. Feeling small when tears are in your eyes, I will dry. We are very privileged, ladies and gentlemen, to have with us the founder of the Media Research Center. And before the Democrats, the liberal media started trying to fact check, fact check themselves, which they do a very poor job of, Brent Bozell was there, the bridge over trouble water, fact checking for us everything that the media does. Brent, how are you? Good, my friend. How are you? I'm doing well. A win is a win. I'll take the win, okay? And that's my attitude today. Um, and it looks like if things are not all bleak, and gloomy and all of that, it looks to me like we might end up with the Senate control and we're going to pick up the House. Okay, a win's a win.
0: Uh, you know, I th- I think there is a chance for an inside strike here.
1: Um,
0: I, I, let me put it this way. I was asked countless times for my predictions. I I refused to make a prediction. I it was never. I didn't have the guts to say it. But I was never comfortable with the idea of a red wave, never, because I never saw the polls moving, and I saw people getting excited over candidates who were going to lose, uh, like the gubernatorial in New York, like the uh, the Senate race in Maine. These just were not going to happen. Um, and the fact that you would go from from being behind by high uh, double digits to being high behind by high uh, by high single digits with three days to go—that didn't mean that you would win by any such an of the I never believed the red wave.
2: Hey Brent, um, we're having so, a really hard time hearing part uh, of your line. I, I don't know whether it's I, a bad cellular uh, connection I'm or cell something.
0: It's, it's my phone uh, Let me try it this way. Um, uh, here, here, here's how I see the inside straight playing out. Um, it, a red wave could actually be a
2: very bad thing. Tell you what, we just uh, lost. It, yeah, Brent, we just lost you yeah. for part of that. Tell you what we're going to do. We're going we're gonna to call you back. I'm going We're going to hang up. We're going to call you right back. I'm going to grab yep. a call yep. in the meantime while we do that. Le- thanks, Brent. Let us go to uh, Saul in Brooklyn, New York. Saul, you're on with James Golden, a.k.a. Hey, Snerley. Hey, good, uh, good afternoon. Here on Remember How are you, Saul? you told
1: me. Remember yesterday you told me you're
0: going to laugh? Let me tell you three sentences, and I'm going to let you because you're so busy today. You are your guest before, and this new guest, you're all in the meta universe. I have three sentences for you. It's not a hoax. It's not a fake news. It's not Obama's fault. You guys lost, and this country will go back to the normal. We lost our connection here. you guys encourage former President Trump run against that idiot in Florida, and we will show you again another big win. Good luck with whatever you guys believe. Yeah. You move to the master halls. You should support the black people. You don't talk about 10 black people died in Buffalo for no reason. You talk about crime. I don't know what you're talking about, what universe you are. Then you say the election is a stolen. You know, so How here's The th- election with oh. 18 people named on that same ballot. Breath. All right. Have you a good day. i call you later. And be calm. All right, next it's all year. good
2: here. We're all friends here. Yeah, up, yeah. Okay. Have a good day, my friend. Yeah. Okay. Let me just clarify something. I did say this all to call back so you guys could hear some of this craziness. We're gonna take a quick break right now. When we come back, we're gonna rejoin Brent Bozell, and hopefully, we'll have a much better line. WABC Talk Radio, seventy-seven. James Golden, AK Sturley. We're coming right back. <laughs> This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snerdley. Rush
0: on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
2: Doobie Brothers, bring us back here on WABC Talk Radio 77 in New York. New York, New York, baby. The Big Apple, stay off the subways if you can. Democrats like crime. They like criminals roaming the streets. What can you say? This is the state of things. Well, Brent Bazell, Media Research, there is back with us. Hey, Brent. I apologize. My fault entirely. I've taken no.
0: my Apple phone. I've smashed it into a million pieces, and I'm calling you on a real phone.
2: Well, you know what? I need to smash mine too. Then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, by the way, hey, Brent. Facebook. They've they've like they're, they're firing eleven thousand people they've lost two-thirds of their value what in the heck is going on well
0: you know um they they some people will say well because it's a generational thing and young people don't use facebook but you know they were saying that for five or ten years and people were still using facebook i think what's happening is is that the market is finally correcting itself. These these companies, these these uh, um, these big tech companies, I think, were vastly overvalued, um, and they and and they and they and they are now coming, you know, they're, they're falling back to earth. Twitter, Amazon, all of them um, are are losing value in a very dramatic way, and you're seeing what the real financial value of it was. The other problem that they had was was that they were. Over well overstock with staff. You know, look look at Musk coming in and, and suggesting that uh, 75% of the staff uh, could could be cut because they weren't necessary. He ended up cutting what 50% of them. Um, so there's a real realignment going on here. Um, the other factor I think that's taking place is people are leaving Facebook because Facebook has become so oppressive. Um, in, the, in in the in the in the name of freedom, they're taking away freedom uh, on a regular basis. And conservatives have been have been treated so
2: poorly that I think conservatives are looking for other places to go. Well, you know, that now I'm so happy you said that. You know, you were one of the first people, Brent, and, and many people don't know this necessarily. If you look at conservative media today, the lineup of conservative media is pretty powerful. You know, yes, Rush reached over 600 radio stations, had over 600. He was reaching most of the country. 27 million people a month were just tuning into his show alone. When you look at talk radio, which Rush was largely responsible for the growth of talk radio, the the reach is incredible. When you look at print, you were one of the first. You started um, CNS, Conservative News Service. You were one of the first to recognize that conservatives weren't getting, so you went to print. And now there are a plethora of of conservative print uh, publications, and of all stripes. So I tend to think that we kind of don't acknowledge how powerful conservative media is in this country. We still kind of defer sometimes to the mainstream press and think that they rule. The mainstream press does not rule anymore. We have a conservative media in this country, and you are one of the reasons we have it, that is powerful, and that is, that is reaching half of the country. Yeah. Um, if, if, look, I, I ask this question.
0: Um, imagine where the world would be, where this country would be. I'm going to ask you a twofold question. Imagine where this country would be today if the liberal news media didn't exist, which is to say... If the, if, the, if the news was reported objectively, if just think in terms of this administration being reported on objectively by the media. If it was an objective press, the left wouldn't exist in America because leftism is an experiment that has been tried and it has failed everywhere it's been tried. And if you just simply reported the facts, it would fail yet again. Now, that's the first part. Now, let's reverse your proposition. Where would the world be if there wasn't – if there was not a conservative media today? I used to say this about Rush. Where would America be without Rush? without what Russia had done. This country would become a socialist nation because all you would have as purportedly objective truth is far leftism being projected to the American people. That's where we were in nineteen eighty seven. So the the answer is yes, we do have an alternative today. I just you know interesting you say this because a half hour ago I was having a meeting with somebody and the suggestion was that you the, the, the White House correspondence dinner every year is a cabal of of inside elitists in Washington, D.C., we ought to have, the conservative media ought to have its dinner and call it an American Correspondents Dinner, where we bring our side together
2: for a night of celebration. We're pretty darn big if we set our sights on it. I love that idea, and I'm all in. Uh, Princess Di has delivered a message, and I'm glad I have you here because I'd like you to comment on this. Uh, Princess Di, who was with me earlier, Uh, Diana Aloko, who, of course, ran the Limbaugh letter, said she meant to say when she was on with us earlier that today is the 33rd anniversary of the fall of the Berlin Wall. Ronald Reagan was the only one who recognized the moral bankruptcy of communism and demanded Mr. Gorbachev tear down this wall. That was in 87. It Mm -hmm. fell on November 9th. 1989, that's what happened. She said, when you stand up to evil with truth and courage.
0: Yeah. Uh, so so why haven't the Republicans won a monumental landslide in these elections? Because the Republican leadership deliberately and very vocally declared it was not going to do what you just said. Mitch McConnell publicly declared that the Republican Party did not have an agenda, that they were simply going to tell the American people that the Biden administration was an utter failure and they were going to ride that to victory. The the House came out with this magnanimous commitment to America, which was but just a bunch of hooey. It was the same campaign speeches promising the same things they never delivered. There was no firm commitment to do anything specific. And what happened at the end of the day? It didn't mobilize the base. What happened on the other side? very effectively. We don't want to admit it, but Biden and Clinton and Obama went out there, and they talked about how the end of the world was coming, Trump this, MAGA Trump that, MAGA Trump the other, and what that did was to ignite the Democratic base to come out and vote. So the Republicans never gave their their vision to the world. All we did was talk about how awful inflation is. Well, guess what? The Biden administration doesn't like inflation either. The Republicans never put forward a program, never said, we are going to do this. We're going to cut the out-of-control spending, and this is how we're going to do it. They never did it. And you know why, Bo? Because they don't. This—if We don't want to admit this. We don't want to acknowledge this. This is a terrible thing to say with your massive audience. But guess what? The Republicans had no agenda, none whatsoever, to cut the spending that's out-of-control that the Biden administration is responsible for.
2: And I hope that people in our party are hearing this loud and clear because you do, you know, and that's one of the things Rush used to say. It's not enough to say what you're against. You have to tell people what you are for. What do you stand for? And you know who did a good job telling people what he was for? Ron DeSantis. Yeah, well, yeah, but there you go. There you go.
0: Ron DeSantis has been very clear-cut on what he believes in. And look how he did in the polls. Look at that Mehmet Oz guy in Pennsylvania who was one big Bundle of nothingness, and he was defeated by a stroked-out communist. <laughs> I mean, that's just the reality of the world. But I told you before I screwed up my phone. I told you I was going to show you. Do we have time so I can yeah. I can tell you where they've got an inside straight here, where it could still mm-hmm. happen? Here are the two very bad things that that could have materialized with a Republican victory today. One is a red wave. A red wave is not a good thing, Bo. And I'll tell you why. If you go beyond your base with victories. You're bringing in moderates and liberals. The, the absolute worst thing to have in Washington is a liberal Republican. A liberal Democrat can't hurt you. Um, uh, AOC can't hurt us. She is who she is. She's going to vote as she votes in the minority. But a liberal Republican can undermine your agenda, and they do it all the time. So the last thing you wanted was to be electing liberal Republicans. The other bad thing about a big victory is that Mitch McConnell would declare with 100% certitude that he was going to be the next majority leader, and Kevin McCarthy would declare with 100% certitude, certitude that he would be the next speaker. These two guys don't believe in the values of Rush Limbaugh. They do not. They will speak on the campaign trail. They'll say, Whatever they need to say to get themselves elected, but they will not enact it. So, what's the inside straight? The inside straight is that Republicans don't get a red wave; they get a majority to take. They get enough to take the majority, but that it's populated by conservatives without liberals. The other inside straight is that the Republican Party get come to its senses. Realize, I don't know what they're going to do in the Senate, but they'll 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 barely take the House. They should have won a landslide. Maybe they'll come to their senses, and maybe they will elect new leaders. That would be the inside straight.
2: That is an incredible analysis, Brent. Always a pleasure to have you, my friend. I hope you join us again. We need Anytime your insight. You Thank you, Brent Thank Bozell, you. the founder of Media Research Center, folks. And I got to tell you, Rush used to attend his gala every year in Washington, D.C., one of the few times Rush would say he goes to that city, to the swamp at all. Um, and I, I went this year, and Rush was honored there. It was a terrific night. It was just an amazing night. And for him, for Rush to be remembered the way that he was there was just heartwarming. And so thank you, Brent, for that. Let us quickly go to a telephone call. Sorry we didn't get more calls. Tomorrow we will. Let us go to Bobby very quickly in New Jersey. Bobby.
0: Yeah, hi, Bo. Um, out in Arizona is the race to watch, I think, with Carrie Lake and um, Katie Hobbs. Now, Hobbs should have recused herself because there's an appearance of impropriety, and that is enough to make people uh, recuse themselves under normal circumstances. So it's who is counting to vote is what the Democrats are more concerned with than who is actually voting out there.
2: Gotcha. Thank you. We're going to keep an eye on that. As I said earlier in the program, 400,000 votes, which is a disgrace. Remain uncounted in Maricopa County. They're promising to do better next time. Where have we heard that before? That's it for today, folks. Remember, catch the night up next. James Golden here with you. May God bless and protect each and every single one of you and your families. I leave you with this today. A win is a win. A win is a win. Take the win. Bye. This is The Rush Hour with Those Nerdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network.